hurts. All right. Well, the class may be painful for both of us then. That hurts. CR, you want to wear this thing? Ow. Okay. If I'm on now, is that better? Is that worse? All right. We're going to be talking about Jonah. Watch this. We'll breeze through the entire book. There. We're done. Four pages in my Bible. Jonah's viewed as the one. It really is the view. So, we have the entire Bible. If you are going to refute the Bible, you would try and find the weakest link. All it takes, so if, if, if any one prophecy out of the hundreds, if any one prophecy were ever debunked, then the entire Bible would be null and void. Right? All you have to take is one. If one was ever fa- one failed, didn't come true, the entire thing could be refuted. Jonah is referred to often as that book because it doesn't sound practical. A fish, a fish swallowing a, a human. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't, it's not logical. He assumed this is, he was asleep in the boat and it was a dream all about everything he did there. So we're going to do a quick so we won't be doing a quick study on Jonah. There's a lot there that we don't necessarily know about or that we have to take a little dive into, but it has the book of Jonah has significance, especially the fact that he is one of the four writing prophets that Jesus mentions by name. In fact, Jesus identifies with Jonah for the three days he spent in the belly of the fish. He referred to it as a foreshadowing of his own death when he would spend three days, quote, in the heart of the earth, which is what he said in Matthew 12, 39 through 41. So the story of Jonah is he is told to go to the city of Nineveh, the Assyrian capital, and tell them they have been judged by God and will be destroyed if they don't change their ways. We don't know the specifics of what they were doing wrong. I'm going to guess they weren't just cheating at cards. According to the scriptures, there was violence in their hands. So he's going to go and tell them that things are not going to go well. If you recall Sodom and Gomorrah type philosophy, that's what they were were facing. All right, now. Clarence and Gladys, you've been in church for a year or two, right? So you've heard a few sermons. Have you ever heard a preacher who didn't want to give a sermon where the entire congregation at the invitation song was going to go forward. I mean, talk about a song leader having to be ready to have a few people writing some stuff out. The entire that That is Jonah. That was the point. I need you to preach a sermon of salvation. You're condemned. You'll be killed. Repent. And maybe you'll be saved. That was what he had to go do. That's the sermon he had to go tell. And if he tells it and they, they abide by it, they're all going to listen and it says at the end of the fourth chapter, 120,000 people resided there. I'm assuming that's 120,000 men, because always the number's the men. So let's just double that for a quarter of a million people. And kids. 120,000 men were going to repent. Go forward to the invitation song and change their ways. And Jonah did not want to give that sermon. 
that is truly what happened. Why didn't Jonah want to give that sermon? Who were the Assyrians to the Israelites? That was their enemy, flat out. Jonah was a man, he's human, he may be God's prophet. These people, the capital, Moscow, equivalency, fine, but the capital of their enemies was going to be destroyed by God. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. If you're a, you know, sitting on this side of the fence, you're an Israelite, which he was, he's like, yeah, go ahead, God, knock him out. And God said, well, funny story, ha, 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 I don't want to do that. God says, I love everybody, Jews and Gentiles. Okay. Anchorage has 300 to 350,000 people, we'd say. I didn't count them yesterday, but I believe as the crow flies, I could walk from Muldoon Bridge to the airport, which would be roughly across the city. I think I could probably do that in four to five hours. That seemed fair? If I was a brisk walker like Barbara, I could probably do it in three and a half. Barbara, Barbara's a lot more, she's a lot more in shape than I am, let me tell you. To walk across Nineveh would take you three days. That's what it says. And there were 120,000, we assume, men, so 240,000 people, adults, 360,000 kids, if they only had one. So probably a half million people all in. That's what was at risk here. God says, Jonah, go talk to them and preach the sermon that says, if you don't change your ways, you will die. (laughs) The very thing we love about God is the very thing Jonah was upset about. Jonah said, God, I don't want to because I know they deserve to die. One. And two, I know you're a loving God that if they do repent, you won't destroy them. What's the practicality there? You'll actually do what you said. You're a good... We deserve that. (laughs) We should be destroyed. And we want his love and mercy and grace, which we all need anyway. There's the kicker. It's it's kind of ironic, but that's what the prophet of God is doing. Anyway, all right. So Jonah says, I'm not having any of this. I'm not doing it. Jonah's GPS kept saying recalculating because he was going the opposite direction. So Nineveh was discovered in modern-day Iraq, Middle East, east of the Mediterranean. He jumped on a ship because he's heading to Tarshish, which is in modern-day Spain. That is absolutely the other direction. He did not quite make it. So, there was the basis. Why was he running from going talking to Nineveh? He did not want to give that message. He did not want them to be saved. He did not want to have them change their ways. He wanted them destroyed. My question is this. Here's your point to ponder. Why would a prophet who talks to God, whether directly, conversation, or in dream, or otherwise, but he definitely talks to God. People know he talks to God. He is God's channel to man on earth. Why does that man think he could run from God? Oh, well, if I just turn around this way... You know, my my mom told me the story. Our foster kids who were deaf, when they didn't want to talk to mom anymore, what can a foster child do who is deaf? 
They just close their eyes. I can't hear you. So if I just turn my back to God and say, yeah, yeah, keep talking, and I head this way, well, God, I can't hear what God's saying. He's a prophet of God. God's everywhere. Why would he think that was even a practical solution? None. He left. He tried to run. God's like, some people's kids. All right. So I'm just pondering this idea because my wife's grandfather will not let you go fishing on his boat, A, if you brought a banana, much less ate a banana. Superstition. I'm not kidding. Anyone else know anything about sailors and superstition? Is it up or down? Are they superstitious? They are. So, here's the conversation. Hello, good morning. What brings you on this fine voyage? Jonah speaks. Oh, I'm running from my God because I don't want to do what he says. Great. Welcome aboard. Do you believe that's how the conversation went? Sailors are very superstitious. You're kind of at the mercy of the boat and the winds and the waves and the storm and all of that. So, you want everything to go smoothly. If you had some... Okay, let's, let's take some... We, I, I like to go on the Royal Caribbean cruise line. If I'm on the Royal Caribbean and I am just shooting the breeze with somebody and said, Hey, how's it going? Where are you come from? What are you doing? Oh, I'm running from my God who wants me to do something that I don't want to do. And I'm just going to jump on this boat and run away from him. Hmm, I'm going to be looking for the refund policy on my ticket. If I truly believe that a God, so the, the, the sailor at the time did not have God, our God, he had a God, his God, that he was concerned with, but you are, you are going against your God and coming on my boat to run from him. Oh, no, th- cool. Let's, let's do this. We're all, we're all in it together. No. All right. Basically, Jonah said, I'm going to Fairbanks instead of Homer. I'm going to do it on water. So, what happened? Jonah's like, you know, this rocking back and forth is going to get me sleepy. I'm going to go have a little nappy nap. He jumps into the hole, sacks out, and he is out. And what's going on outside? The waves, the wind, the rain, the lightning. It's nuts. They couldn't see anything because they didn't have uh, Noah's floodlights installed. So... It was bad, bad... Come on. Floodlights. Yeah, that was good. He's asleep. Okay. So, <laughs> Jonah knows the storm is his fault. The, the captain comes and wakes him up. He goes, how are you sleeping through this? We're all trying to die. We're dumping our stuff, everything we have to try and stay alive, and you're down here asleep. We're all working and scared to death. But you go ahead and just snooze away, bud. Get up and start praying to your God in the hopes that he'll save us. Now, if you were the captain or the crew, Julie, the cruise director, whatever the case may be, and you were sitting there going, huh, I remember someone saying something about running from somebody. Oh, it'll come to me. Hang on. I think I'd be, oh yeah, oh yeah, that guy running from his God. Hmm, 
uh, he's going to be my my enemy number one. That's who I'm going to go talk to real quick. How on a scale of one to ten, how angry would he be that you're here and not doing what he said? That scale, the storm scale, just checking the hurricane. Okay, I would be upset personally. All right, so this is what this infuriated me a little bit. It really did. Uh, Jonah one twelve. All right, so we have a storm, we have a cause, and we have a solution we're going to go with, okay? Jonah says, well, they say in the previous verse, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Jonah's reply in verse 12, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. His selfish desire has put everybody on this boat at risk. He walked down the pier. He walked onto the boat. He walked down to his cabin, and he laid down to snooze. Obviously, the man's legs and arms work. Why did he have to be picked up and thrown? Yeah. So, it's all my fault. Someone's going to have to throw me into the water. So you have the, you have the person who's going to have to be sacrificed into the, into the volcano, and they're on the edge. Even though they know it's their job, it's what they're supposed to do, it's really hard to take that leap, isn't it? So he looks like, someone's going to have to push me. You're going to have to throw me into the water because I don't want to go. Did, God, did he pray to God? Do we know that? That said, oh yeah, just jump in the water, I'll take care of you. Was that in there? Nope. Was he possibly going to drown? Sure. I might have told you one of my biggest fears is deep, dark water. I mean, huh, right up there's marshmallows and then deep, dark water. He's jumping in this thing. There are no lights, literally. The floodlights I was talking about don't exist. He jumps in that water. Someone's holding a lamp. Dark. You're not going to see him. Who knows what's under there watching you, looking for you? Drowning's not really a fun idea. I've never liked the idea of it. So he's jumping in the water, or thrown in the water, for all rights, intents, and purposes, what he knows, because he knows he just went against God, so what does he deserve as far as he's concerned? Death. Vaya con Dios. You're out. Death or not, I have to save these... I'm going to save... No, I... I need to save these sailors to fix my mistake, but I don't want to kill myself to do it, so I'm going to have to have somebody throw me in. It's your fault. That's where my frustration lies. This is all on you. And now I, I have a problem with people who sit there and, you know, the suicide by cop, they'll go out there and just turn on, because they don't want to, they've done something so bad, they know they'll go to jail, so they turn on the police. Police have no choice. It's, if it's a choice between me or you dying, I choose you every time. That's fair. I didn't ask for this, but at the same time, and now you're dead because that's what you wanted. You didn't want to face the music, but they have to face that they ended somebody's life. How fair is that? They got up that day and said, if all I get to do is write one speeding ticket, I'm good. If I don't write any speeding tickets because everyone's just behaving, they're good. And these sailors had to grab this guy who brought this all on them, throw him in the water. 
to die. That's what they thought. It says so. Jonah gets the old heave-ho, and the sailors that threw them in, the sailors then prayed not to their gods, little g's. They prayed to Jonah's god, big G, not to hold them accountable for killing an innocent man, if that's what he was. They had to live with that. They have no idea. They didn't. Correct. That's the whole point. As far as they know, Jonah's dead. That's his, they dumped him, lights out, whatever, and then they on their merry little way, he's in the water bobbing somewhere. They have no idea about the fish. They don't know. They didn't get to read this later in their, on, their, on their iPhones. All they know is he's dead, and they are the ones that caused his death. That's some heavy guilt that they got to endure. So please do not hold us accountable for his death if he was innocent, because that's what he told us to do. The thing is, how prophet-like was that? You should take accountability for yourself. Be responsible. You caused this. All right. <laughs> the sailors, all it says they all made vows, solemn promises to Big G God after the storm settled down. What do you think those promises were? I won't cheat on my taxes. I won't lie about the fish I catch anymore. <laughs> what, what do you think? Okay, so every Super Bowl, every World Series, every close game or whatever, I, uh, the next day I always see this. It's, it's hilarious. On that Sunday morning, it said, it says, promises were made, swore, sworn whatever, church services start at 10. Because you all know what you promised and you asked for. If I just pass out, it's because of the constriction of my head right now. This thing hurts. Ah. One of the other promises, I'll go to church every Sunday now. You know, that one's in there. Because they're, pray- you know, they're not praying to their gods because how well did their gods calm the sea? Not at all. It was his God. The minute he went in, silence. Okay, so God did save him. He did send a fish. We don't know what that was. It's not practical it would be a whale. They said, it's probably a whale, except the throat of a whale wouldn't let a man fit in, so that's not going to work. How many... If you don't know the answer, just be fine. What is it, fish, do they breathe air, or do they breathe something else? Okay, something else, trick question. They hold their breath when they come out of the water. I saw that on Nemo. So, it was awesome. They had it perfect. The thing is, so a a belly full of air on a fish is going to probably cause it to do what? That's an easy one. Float, okay? He'll be on top of the water where fish don't breathe. So... A miracle had to be happening. First of all, a fish swallowed a man. He sat in his belly for three days. But he was able to, the fish was able to stay alive, and so was the man. One of the two's not going to work. But it did. All right? Jonah did not get off easy, though. Chapter 2. <laughs> From deep 
in the realms of the dead, I called for help. And you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Finally, in verse 5 and 6, The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. This one's good. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath me, beneath barred me in forever. That's pretty illustrative of somebody who's drowning. Seaweed wrapped around you, the whole thing they're dragging you under, all that. I just picture it, I get the oompa loompa, I get a little crazy, just, I can't. And that's what he was enduring. That was, when God gives you a time out, you were in time out. And that's what he got. Jonah saw that his life was over, and in his distress, resulting from his disobedience, what did he seek that could save him? God, that was it. That's all he had. However, (laughs) he came to that conclusion while in the belly of a cold, damp, I I went and looked in my thesaurus, stinky, slimy belly of a fish, and he had zero guarantees that there's a three-day time limit on his residency. He was there for three days, but he didn't have assurance that he was going to be evicted. He finally succumbed to his idiocy and said, you're right, I absolutely boned it. Horribly. Then God saw that his heart truly was changed and ordered the fish to spit him out on dry land. You actually, you, you, you can't say, no, no, I, I, totally, I totally changed my ways. That's what's good. I'm fine, you know. Maybe we can spit me out now. If that's not your heart, it's not what your true feelings are, yeah, God's like, oh no, you stay in the corner with your nose in there a little longer. You'll be fine. So the fish, honest people ask what the fish was. Does it does it matter? I don't I don't think it does. I don't want to take a deep dive. <laughs> However, what sea creatures do we know that could pull this off? Whale, angelfish. Shark, ha 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 ha, as you're on the way in. It's <laughs> a lot of teeth. Anyway, I, I always wondered, but it's like, what, is it, what does it matter? All right. <laughs> he's on land. He's out of the fish. He gets a instant message per my last email. Go to Nineveh. Like I told you the first time. <sighs> Fine. And he starts walking to Nineveh. All right. The imagery I just adore, okay? Imagine this. He walks, preaching and teaching, and what is he saying? He walks for a day through Nineveh, so he didn't even get halfway. But for a day, he's saying what? Repent or you're going to be destroyed in 40 days. Imagery. Picture this. I, this, Jonah was the guy holding the end is near that you see that's who he was however he had some effect there <laughs> just but I was just for three days I was thrown in the ocean three days seaweed probably got in his hair still in the belly of a fish 
Do you think he smelled amazing? Do you think he looked put together? For a day, he's preaching and teaching, smelling, looking like five miles of bad road. The end is near. Walking the entire way into the city and out. And he preached and teached. The end is near. Forty days. Now, why'd they listen to him? He looked like a freak. Why would they care what Jonah had to say? Who's Jonah? He's a, he's a, he is one of our enemies. He's an Israelite. They know the difference between each other. They know they're a Syrian and he's Israelite. Why would they listen to what he had to say? I don't imagine too many people had the accolade of a prophet of God, and he was the prophet of God at the time. So I have to believe people, Israelite and Gentile alike, knew who he was. When he walked by, that's Jonah. This is Isaiah. This is... People knew who the prophets were. Flat out. Okay? So when Jonah said it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, who's this freak? Oh my goodness. Oh. Oh. He smells horrid. It was, ooh. That's Jonah who smells horrid. Still stunk. But if he's saying it, he is a spokesperson for God. End of story. So they're like, oh. So the memo from the big boss is, we're in trouble. That's what just happened. Okay. So in verse three, chapter 3, verse 5, the Ninevites believed that God was going to overthrow them and the Ninevites, this is an interesting fact that I thought. Nobody asked me, but I'm up here. The Ninevites proclaimed a fast from the least person to the greatest, and they put on sackcloth. Okay? But in verse 6, this is so that happened, and then verse 6, the words of Jonah reached the king of Nineveh. Least to greatest, and then the king, so he's outside of the least to greatest. And the king joins in. And he proclaims everybody to do what you're already doing, but you know, you know how kings work. Who were the people that made that decision before him? So is this like King Charles, when they have parliament? Was it a, the assembly, the legislature? I don't know, but they'd made the decision to do this, but the king, a, uh, your highness, some nut who smells whole, horrible just came through the city saying, we're all going to die in 40 days uh, if we don't change what we're doing. So, what do you think? Right? I, he's like, "Who?" it wasn't Jonah, was it? I mean, I don't know what he said. The fact of the matter is he believed it. Okay? Took off his purple robes. Why was purple important? Royalty. Upper echelon. You were somebody if you had purple on put on sackcloth as anybody felt sackcloth a little chafy it's not nice okay sat in the dust and I'm not eating over what one crazy looking smelly guy said because that's how much they believed it was sincere everybody does it they didn't not everybody just everything does it everyone is gonna not eat you're going to sit in the dust and wear sackcloth. But you're also going to put sackcloth on everything, animals included, and they're not going to eat. 
that's a pretty t- big turnaround. Everything Jonah was mad about. All right. I just imagine a donkey in sackcloth. When, uh, okay. But that's a... It is... It, you're, when you're trying to impress somebody who's mad at you, was that a bad thing to do? I'm going to cover these chairs and all of you and everything and put a whole sackcloth over the building the whole night. I mean, if, it's, if this is what I need to do to make sure somebody doesn't come and kill me, yeah, I'm down with that. I can, I can find a way. All right. So imagine that here today. Why would all of Anchorage not... Why would we not suddenly fast, wear sackcloth and sit in the dust if reports came across our phones that a man who looked like a train wreck and smelled like a... Like a like fish processing plant, and wrecked and rolled through it. Was saying we'd be destroyed in forty days. Why would we not do that today? We don't have a prophet that we would actually account for or listen to. People say that all the time. Although the end is near, how many times have we heard that in the past? There were instances of people who sold all their stuff because they knew on Tuesday at three eighteen p.m. the end was going to happen. So what do I need this for? I'm going to make some money and and bleh, who cares? And it didn't happen. In fact, those same people did like two or three times. I'm like, going, after the first time, I think I might have rethought that. We wouldn't do that. We, we don't have that accountability of somebody. The, the second coming, we don't know when. I've wished for it more than once. And other times I've wished it wouldn't show up because I was worried about other people. But the second coming, we don't know. It could happen right there. It just happened. That's the blink of an eye. We won't know. Pow. You ever thought about that? Okay. Back to the preacher giving the sermon where everyone heeds the invitation song. But this is the opposite of what he wants. So, <laughs> Jonah does not learn his lessons really well. I mean, come on. He just got, he got spanked pretty hard. Then he went and did what he was told. I mean, there's the belt. I'm going to go clean my room. You're still angry. He goes and does it. So I'm out of trouble. But then what does he go do? He's like, okay, so anyone, anyone see Armageddon, the movie? One guy, he goes, look, it's going to, uh, uh, I can't remember what his name is. He goes, I've got a great spot picked up here to watch the end of the earth, end of the world. That's what he went to go do. He went to go find a nice spot so he could watch Nineveh just be destroyed. A little cozy spot, a little comfy. I got my snacks over here. I got a you know, magazine you know, while we're waiting. That's what he was doing. How much hope was that? I mean, he, he didn't imagine, he knew it w- could happen, it's possible, but he didn't, didn't imagine that they would turn around and repent. So I want to be here in Cozy so I can see the, the uh, uh, sulfur and, and brimstone all happening. He was, I, I heard about that in Sodom, there was a big thing, fire sale. I want to see it this time. And so he gets all cozy. I absolutely love the anger and frustration that he has over a plant. Anyone else just gotten so ticked off, red in the face, blood pressure, whatever, over a seatbelt not letting you loose? He gets locked up. You're like... I've never done that either. He sits down, gets cozy. Little little sun. He's probably got the bald thing going on here. So a little plant comes over. In a day, the plant grew up... Harry Potter style, right? Oh, I'll just sit in the shade and enjoy the show. And then a worm comes along, gets into the plant, withers and dies. God's like, time for another lesson. 
and he goes and takes the thermostat and cranks it up a little bit with a hot convection fan thing going on there. What does Jonah say about his current status? I am so miserable, I just want to die. I want to give him the award for best drama. I do. Thank you, you all love me. You really love me. I am so miserable, I just want to die. All right. <laughs> and what does God say at the end of it? Are you, are you really mad at a plant? Are you? I feel like you are. This thing's killing me. I'm going to die right here. <laughs> How about the drama? Are you really going to die because of a plant and some sun? I mean, oh, woe is me. Deal with it, Jack. You'll be okay. What was, what, was, what was his issue? His job is to talk to people of what God says. That's it. I mean, really, no matter what God says. <laughs> you don't have to like the message. If I, had to go t- if, if I had to go tell people it was my job at a hospital, I get to go tell everybody who's terminally ill that they're terminally ill. But it's my job. You do your job. You don't, and I don't have a choice to do the job. I mean, you're, it wouldn't, uh, oh, I'm gonna, no, I'm going to go be a trash collector or anything else other than this. Nope, Russ, this is your job. You don't have a choice. Boom, your job. You do your job. No one told you to like it. We're Christians. Is everything, everything in this book something somebody wants to hear? Everything in it. The message is. Every parts of the message is not. You can't do this. You must do that. You're not allowed to say this. You shouldn't do that. And if somebody is doing that, you have to then do this. I don't like that. I bet you don't either. I have people I don't like. I mean... I really don't like these people. But I still have to pray for their souls. I hope, I have to hope, I see people I don't like in heaven. Wait, wait, if they're in heaven, that means I'm going to be around them for eternity. And you should be happy for that. Because guess what? God likes them. God loves them. As horrible as they've ever been, And even if they are, they have an opportunity to be saved, even with their last breath, and you should be okay with that. That's a hard one to swallow. You're going to have to throw me into that sea. But that's the one we have to overcome, where we do what we're supposed to, not what we want to do. I have to do what I'm supposed to do, not what I want to do. It stinks. It is uncomfortable. It is unpleasant. And frankly, they deserve every last thing. And guess what? So do you and I. Everything you think they deserve, you do too. Somebody somewhere has to turn that around and they have to be willing to talk to you and be okay with you in heaven with them. Think about that. Okay, we have four classes after this, you lucky people, 
And we're all going to be surprised at what I talked about next week because I have like two or three options. So thank you.